On this week's episode of Tiger Turf Talk, we host the superintendent of Prince William County Schools, Dr. Latanya McDade. Brentsville Turf is located in a high school in the district of Prince William County Schools, and it truly was a pleasure to have on our brand new superintendent started this past year during such a difficult time when it comes to education during the pandemic and coming into the time frame where hopefully we're transitioning back to a new normal. But at the same time, having such a, a great impact on so many different things right out the gate, um, having so many different opportunities for our students and creating an environment where the culture is inviting to all students in a very diverse area in Northern Virginia. Um, we got to talk about so many different things ranging from her five-year strategic plan and so many different aspects that'll have a great greater impact on our students education and their ability to learn so it truly was a fantastic podcast we definitely hope you check it out dr mcdade we can't thank you enough for taking the time and we hope to see you out of brentsville whenever you want Uh, we'd love to get you on a mower and see what our kids are all about again thank you so much for everything that you do in supporting our program and creating the opportunity for our students to learn We hope you enjoy this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Good afternoon and welcome to the 62nd episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host, Drew Miller, with your co-host, Barrett Butler. Today we have on an absolutely incredible guest. We have the superintendent of Prince William County Public Schools, Dr. Latanya McDade. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. Thank you for taking the time. So I want to kind of just dive into it. You know, it's been a crazy transition time for you. Um, And to take this job on in the middle of a pandemic and everything that goes into it, what has it been like for you? And how's your time been so far with Prince William County Schools? Well, one, I I absolutely um, have had a wonderful welcome to Prince William County and to Virginia overall. Um, I started you know, in July and hit the ground running with a 100 day entry plan. And part of that plan was a listening tour and getting into all of the different communities and hearing from um, a diverse body of stakeholders, whether it was uh, parent roundtables, meeting with the student senate, community leaders, elected officials, and then school visits. And, and I can say that I did visit all of our schools. So I had a, a plan of 100 schools in 100 days and, um, and I got it done. So I'm excited about that. So it's been really, really great. It has absolutely been challenging coming in during this time. Um, I led in a large uh, school division prior to Prince William County um, during the pandemic. So, you know, having to deal with those kinds of issues wasn't foreign to me. But I think the big difference coming in this year is that this was the first year where we had our full population of students in person, right? So it's one thing to have to lead at the systems level during the pandemic where the majority of the students were virtual, um, having to then operationalize all of that learning and have it in place um, during a time where 97% of our current population is actually in person made it that much more challenging. So, um, you know, it's, that's been the biggest, the biggest challenge, like keeping education going, keeping students and staff in school and in learning in person while still juggling a lot of the challenges that comes with the pandemic. Absolutely. It is a crazy time. And again, sort of on the run and everything. 
and diving back in is crazy when it comes to being 50 50 at the end of the year last year and not knowing still with again the uncertainty right. to come with it um you sort of mentioned uh you came from chicago public school system uh one of the largest in the country and there are so many different things uh i did a little studying uh ib programs uh, cte mm -hmm. programs what is it from the your time with the chicago public system school system that you could sort of sort of see translating into Prince William County, again, such a large scale to, again, we're still a very large scale school system, but not mm -hmm. nearly as large as compared to Chicago. Yeah, um, thank you for that question. I think it's important because it is, you know, we're, we're I think 34th or 35th in the nation. So it still is a very large school division. And regardless of the actual number of students, you know, it's a large system. And um, so there's a lot that translates to that. And, and you touched a little bit on it, one of the things that uh, resonated with me when I read the leadership profile that was done during the superintendent search there from students to parents to the board, you know, a lot of uh, conversation about access to opportunities um, throughout the school division and making sure that, you know, students who may not be in one particular specialty program over another have access to the kinds of experiences that's going to position them for success once they graduate. And that was something something that um, I tackled in Chicago as well. So when you called out, you know, AP and IB, that was interesting to me because it's something that we currently have identified in our strategic plan for Prince William County. And it was a challenge uh, that I was working on in Chicago as well. I think across the country, you know, that's something that school divisions grapple with um, access to opportunities, whether it's dual enrollment, advanced placement, Cambridge or international baccalaureate. You want more students, especially students that may be underrepresented in those particular courses to actually um, have access to them and not just have access, actually experience success, earn early college career and credentialing. CTE is another thing that um, Prince William County has a, actually a very robust CTE offering, one of the best I've seen, to be honest, because I've been studying CTE and it was something that I was trying to tackle and expand in Chicago. Um, I was excited to come to Prince William County and see how well um, we're doing with CTE. And I think the thing now is to make sure that we are aligned with the industry and what the market is demanding for our students in those programs and looking at our offering and making sure that um, you know, we're current with our offering, but then also making sure that our students are prepared to get the credentialing that they need. So that was some similarity. Um, they are tackling, you know, kind of equity issues in terms of access is similar. Um, but other than that, a lot of the, the big challenges that comes with a big school system are the same. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and that's what we aim for here with Brentsville Turf is having kids ready, whether it's going to be out of high school, you know, having the credentials. Uh, Frank was on here. He's actually applying for his uh, pesticide applicator's license here in a few weeks mm -hmm. and transitioning mm -hmm. back onto a golf course for this summer uh, with a awesome. significant pay raise. So, again, things like that is what we aim for. And, again, growing that and sort of seeing, again, opportunity across the board is awesome to see here in Prince William, it's what we strive yeah. for with CTE, so. And then I, and I want our students to graduate with like apprenticeships, you know, Absolutely. Um, and, and be able to go into the workforce um, and be prepared. So workforce development is also a big goal. And that was something that also, I, you know, I was doing there that I'm seeing the opportunity to continue to build and grow here, making sure that students have multiple pathways when they graduate and some of our students can go into really rewarding careers straight out of high school. Absolutely. And even if they are interested in a two-year college and an apprenticeship right. along those lines, it's perfect. And I love it. Um, 
something that you've uh, developed when you first came to Prince William um, was your five-year plan and developing thriving futures. And I absolutely love the, the wording for it because that's, that's the goal when you become an educator is to help students thrive wherever that truly is for them. Um, what do you see in sort of your plan of action when it comes to being successful in that five-year plan? Well, a couple of things. The, the five-year plan is grounded in four key commitments. The first one being um, positive climate, the first one being achieve, a learning and achievement for all, which is speaking to what we uh, touched on a little bit earlier, making sure that every single student in the school division is met with high expectations, regardless of what school they're in, where they live in the county. We want all students to be met with high expectations, not just for academic success in the classroom, but for post-secondary success too, and making sure that when they, our job is beyond the graduate graduation day diploma, right? We want to make sure that when students graduate in order to create a thriving future, they have to be able to experience post-secondary success. So that's a big focus of the first commitment. The second one is positive climate and culture, because it doesn't matter what we have as a goal in terms of academic progress. If we don't have uh, cultures within our schools that are conducive to teaching and learning, that supports staff to be able to do their best work, and supports our students in feeling safe um, within their school community beyond physical safety, right, but emotional safety as well, um, social and emotional safety as well, meeting those basic needs come first. And so that's really important for our schools and our classrooms to be welcoming spaces for both students and staff. The third one is around family and community engagement how well we engage our families as partners in education and our community and business organizations because the school division can't do it alone. We need support across the board for our, our students and we need to have a strong ecosystem and our, part, our parents and community have to be a part of that. Um, and our parents have to, our families have to feel welcome as well, just as much as we want student and staff. We have to engage with our families. We have to communicate and remove barriers to communication. We're a very diverse county, the 10th most diverse county in the country, um, the most diverse county in the state. And we have to celebrate that diversity. But with that comes a responsibility to make sure that all families and communities feel like they are engaged with us as authentic partners in education. And then the final commitment is really around organizational coherence. And it speaks to what you called out, uh, Drew, is that we have to have a plan, right? We have to have a goal. We have to have a North Star so that we're operating as a school system and not just every man for himself, every school doing their own thing. Schools have to, the schools, the school divisions, our community, we all have to be working towards the same North Star. And it is my responsibility as a superintendent to establish, establish and articulate a vision for the direction that we should be going in so that our students and our communities really can thrive. And that's what the strategic plan sets out to do on top of making sure that we are investing in our priorities, right? Whatever we say is a priority for the school division that's where you should see us investing dollars as well absolutely incredible especially it's such a such a critical time when it comes to education in our nation right now it's just everything again the north star i love that because it really is something that's been missing for a while here in prince william county so it's definitely fantastic to hear um Something that I'm always interested in, especially when I like when I'm either I'm talking to a principal or an athletic director or someone along those lines, again, those educational leaders in the building, can you sort of discuss your experience in the classroom setting, again, as a student, as a teacher, as an administrator, that was uh, sort of a big proponent of, again, developing, again, that 
that plan and creating a learning environment that suits all students at all levels and all needs? I think one is that we have to make we have to make sure that we recognize that all of our students are coming to us with their own unique needs. It doesn't matter who the student is or what family they're coming from or what background, um, you know, they're coming from country of origin. None of those things um, defines uh, better the fact that we have to meet unique needs for every single learner. And so that means that the experiences that we provide in the classroom in our schools have to speak to more than just SOL or more than just, you know, preparing for um, those core classes, right? How we ensure that students have a well-rounded experience that meets their not just needs, academic needs, but speaks to their interests also. I mean, case in point, the program um, that you have and what it's offering to students who otherwise probably would have had an untapped talent that they didn't even know about or learn about careers that they didn't even know exist. It's our job to be able to provide that kind of experience for them beyond you know, pen and paper in the classroom. So from athletics to clubs, to fine and performing arts programs, you know, to how we look at career exploration, um, STEAMs, inquiry-based learning, all of those experiences contribute to the development of um, our students holistically so that, you know, we're, there's no student that is left behind or feeling as though they're not engaged in their school community or there's nothing there for them uh, beyond, you know, their core classes. So that that's what I hope that you'll see in the plan. You'll see opportunities for us to expand, you know, not just uh, programming, but how we actually support that. Um, you know, I'm just a firm believer in um, extending beyond the classroom walls and that we're responsible as a school division to provide those opportunities and invest in those opportunities. Um, so Dr. McDade, what specifically brought you to education and is there, was there anything specific that made you think, I really want to continue doing this to the point of superintendent, like education in a superintendent role? Well, thank you so much for that question, um, because I think it's very important for you to know a little bit about me and who I am, because it drives why I'm here, especially in these tough times when people, well, when I took the role for superintendent for Prince William County, people were like, you're crazy. Like all of the superintendents in the big school divisions are leaving and here you come saying, <laughs> you know, yes. But um, just to share a little bit about me, Number one, you know, education is the reason that I'm able to sit here right now. My parents um, are immigrants. They immigrated to this country from Belize City, Belize, and essentially came here with nothing. And they were kind of speaking to what I said earlier about families feeling welcome and feeling included. I got to see what it looks like when that's not happening. And so my parents, you know, didn't um, speak uh, the English language very well. They felt intimidated by the school system. They didn't know how to tap in. And all of the experiences, not because they didn't care, right? They loved us and they wanted us to get a good education, but they were coming from a different country and just really didn't understand the American school system. So they needed help, but didn't really know how to get it. And I was fortunate that I had educators throughout my educational experience who really poured into me, supported me, helped my parents understand how I could access better opportunities. Me being able to go to college was because of my high school principal. Um, I had completed the FAFSA incorrectly, 17, okay? And I sat at the dining room table and tried to complete the FAFSA myself and I did it incorrectly. And it was my high school principal who checked in on me when, when I didn't get any financial um, support for college. And I thought I wouldn't be able to go to college. I would just, you know, get a 
a low wage job and try to help my parents out. It was my high school principal who checked in on me and said, oh, no, no, something's wrong. And um, put me and my parents in touch with the bursar's office. And then from that point, I ended up getting a full financial aid package to go to, to school, whereas otherwise my parents wouldn't have been able to afford it. So when I think about that, I say to myself, you know, because someone invested in me and poured into me, um, I have to pay that forward. Um, I feel like I'm indebted to future generations because I have an education because of what educators have provided me people like Mr. Miller who um, really spend time supporting students and fueling and igniting interest that they probably didn't even know existed. You know, someone did that for me. And so because of that, I just feel like I owe it to future generations to make sure that students can experience all that this, um, this world has to offer for them to have a rewarding life. And so that's really my experiences growing up and what educators did for me is really what has fueled my passion for this work. And I always say to myself, like, if I'm not doing it, then who's doing it? If Mr. Miller is not doing it, then who's doing the work, right? Who's supporting our, our youth so that they can realize their dreams and aspirations the same way that we have? Thank you for that question. Um, something you sort of touched on, and I actually, I think I heard it from uh, an AD. Um, you have a very unique outlook on athletics and sort of the extracurricular activities. And it was incredible to hear. Um, I think he said some of the lines he believed that athletic teams are an extension of the classroom and a different avenue for our students to better their education. Can you sort of speak to, again, sort of that importance of extracurricular activities and including athletics? Yeah. Um, Athletics is a passion of mine in terms of making sure that students have uh, those opportunities. I think it's critically important because remember I talked about understanding what their interests are, what their passions are, what their talents are. And, and athletics does all of that, um, as well as extracurricular in, in terms of fine and performing arts and clubs and things like that. Debate, you know, robotics, you know, I just get excited talking about it because it is an extension of the classroom and it's an opportunity to apply a lot of what you learn both in, in the classroom and in life. Um, when you think about athletics and what it does for our young people, not beyond just their interests and their talents, but all that, that sports and competition and teamwork teaches them in terms of transferable skills that they'll take on with them in college, if they go to college, in the workforce, uh, in their careers, and in just everyday life and interaction um, with people. Um, there's great value in what our students learn from being a part of a team. And then the other part is personal. So I have two sons. And I'll tell you, my youngest son, um, he, he struggled in school a lot. And it wasn't until I learned that he was an artist, number one, I didn't even know. Um, it was one of his teachers that discovered that he was really a talented artist. And so then I got him into like this extracurricular, um, you know, art uh, club, even beyond school. And then he played basketball. And quite frankly, it was a combination of um, art and basketball that kept my son motivated and you know everything changed for him once he became a part of the basketball team once he started attending um, an art program external to school and it just really engaged him in a way that I didn't see before 
um, when that was absent in his life. So it's personal for me because I can see what it does for young people when they are engaged um, beyond the classroom. And it, it helped him academically as well because he was more um, you know, committed in class. He wanted to go to school because he was a part of something that really fueled his own internal passions and, and, and interests. So it makes a big difference. And I think that we have to invest in it. And in sports, we have to also make sure we're investing in non-traditional sports and that we're giving students access to uh, not, I'm, I love football, right? But everybody doesn't have to play football, right? You've got a ton of other sports that our students can really participate in and go far and even earn scholarship dollars um, for. And so for both, um, both our um, male students and female students, I think exposure is key. And I also think that we have to do a lot more to make sure that our um, female students are getting the kind of access um, that they should be getting as well when it comes to sports. Absolutely. I love the motivation part. You know, it's hard to keep kids motivated nowadays. And again, having those opportunities. One of the big things in our program is the opportunity to care for the fields that they play on, you know, give them that, that connection to again something bigger than themselves and having an impact making sure it's a safe playing surface uh, adding a little design on it they love doing that stuff and it's a great way to again sort of again add to that motivation and we love to do it so uh, i love it and it builds pride exactly you know it builds pride and uh for for its service It's, it's showing service to others a commitment um, to others well-being um so it's so much packed in there in the program that you're doing right now we try, you know, <laughs> we try and add more and more every day. I don't know. I think you guys are doing a little bit more than trying. I think you're actually doing pretty well and succeeding. Well, so we, keep up the good work. That. We really do appreciate that. Um, I'm actually currently working on my thesis and actually like the written part, which is, oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about uh, it. But it's in my, it's in do- educational leadership. Um, and I'm working on something along, uh, again, sort of with the culture of a school and the impact it has on a student's education. Could you sort of discuss your thoughts on the significance of a school's culture? And even beyond that, again, you coming into a time and really just, again, adding a catalyst to what Prince William County Schools is and bringing that sort of culture as a whole, you know, that North Star. Mm -hmm. Could you sort of discuss Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, I think that's critically important. And um, I talked a little bit about myself earlier as it relates to, you know, why I um, chose to, to stay in this field. And I'll add a little personal touch here, too, because this is something that's near and dear to my heart as well. You know, schools are social institutions. Okay, as parents and as teachers, you know, yes, we're sending the students there to be educated. But more often than not, you know, they are going, yes, they have to go to class, but they're going to see their friends. They're they're going to find out what happened over the weekend. They're going to, you know, um, enjoy you know, the relationships that they've built with the friends that they have in the building. And that actually brings uh, an element to the school experience that makes it more worthwhile. Like, you know, anyone will tell you that schools, especially high schools, are social institutions. And we can't lose sight of that. And we have to understand that then the culture has to be one that supports all students' social and emotional well-being, because that's what comes first. They won't be able to excel in the classroom if their social and emotional well-being is not protected in the school space. Every student has to have a sense of belonging. Um, and, and what I want to connect to it personally is my first, my freshman year in high school was rough. 
um, because I, I shared with you that, you know, my parents um, immigrated to this country and they came here with nothing. So essentially, I grew up a very humble beginnings. I didn't have a lot. And I went to high school in a high school that was a primarily middle class affluent high school. And as a freshman, I got there and it was culture shock, right? Because it was an environment that I wasn't accustomed to being in. And the students there had access to things that I didn't have access to. And so, you know, I really, my high, my ninth grade year could have been disastrous for me if it weren't for my um, high school principal and my counselor, because I started you know, because I didn't feel like I belonged, I started to misbehave, it impacted my grades. And here I was a student who was a scholar, like I had never experienced anything where, you know, coming home with a bad grade or not wanting to go to class or trying to cut class. So it manifested itself in me um, in negative behaviors that my parents had never seen from me before. And I didn't really understand that that's what it was, you know, as a young adult, you don't, as an adolescent, you don't know. But now when I look back on that time, I realized just how important it is for every student to have a sense of belonging in a school, for every student to be able to have positive relationships and connections, both with their peers and with adults. You know, no, it's not okay if a student doesn't feel emotionally or socially safe in their school because that's going to impact their ability to experience success across every facet, whether it's academics, whether it's them wanting to participate in sports or in clubs or other activities that are enriching. All of that is impacted. There's a lot of research around, um, you know, meeting the social and emotional needs of students and making schools and classrooms safe spaces for all students. And so uh, that's incredibly important work that you're studying right now. So I'm glad that you are doing it. And that's why you see in our four-year strategic plan, the call out of positive culture and climate being one of our key commitments because it, it's just really important now more than ever before, because we saw what isolation did to our students when they weren't in school from our youngest learners to you know, our oldest learners. And so if nothing else, the last two years shows us just how critically important it is for students to be in um, a positive culture and climate uh, within their schools and in their classrooms. Sorry, <laughs> I was on mute. <laughs> um, something that I'm always curious about and sort of, again, the thoughts of what you would think. Um, when students graduate from Prince William County Schools, what is it that you hope that they say about their educational experience and sort of what they accomplished in their time in Prince William County? Well, one, I hope that they, number one, I would hope that they would say that they feel prepared and feel um, like they're ready, that they are competitive in a global society. That's what I, that's the number one hope. I want them to feel like they're prepared for whatever pathway it is that they choose, whether it's college, whether it's a two, a two or four year program, whether it's um, a, an apprenticeship or trade and going into the workforce. I want them to feel like they have choices, real choices, meaning that it's a choice because I actually am prepared to take whatever path I want, right? Not a choice because I have to do this because I'm not prepared to do that. Um, so I, I, I hope that they would say that. I hope that they would say that they had a positive um, and enriching experience in Prince William County Public Schools. Um, I, I hope that they have fond memories um, like I have of graduating from high school 
um, and going out into the world. But I hope that they'll be able to say that they will be able to create a thriving future for themselves and for their communities based on um, matriculating through our system. One of the things that we've identified in our strategic plan is the profile of a graduate. And what we want all the characteristics that we want all students to possess when they leave Prince William County. And so it would be my hope that they feel that they're a mirror of that profile. All right, I want to wrap it up because we're running out of time. Sorry on this question. Um, for our students and even our staff here in Prince William County, what would you say for your best words of advice when it comes to applying oneself in the classroom? And just, again, moving forward and, again, such a time that's sort of turbulent with the pandemic and, again, getting back to somewhat of a normal, which, again, I can't thank you enough for that because it was very difficult last year getting a normal and being able to do that coming in and understanding it and having all the information. I truly appreciate that. But what would be your best words of advice for our students and our staff? Well, for students and staff, one, I just want to acknowledge the tough time that we're in. And I know that it has taken a toll on everyone, including me. I'm not exempt. Um, I have a whole lot of days where I'm tested and I'm, you know, really feeling like, whoa, like this is a lot. So one, we're all in this together. Um, don't suffer in silence. If there is something that, you know, you feel you can't handle, um, you know, you should, you should say something about it. Uh, there are people to support both staff and students, um, both in our schools as well as in the school division. And where we can't provide support, we do have external partners that um, can provide social services for our students, our staff, and our families that go beyond what the limitations, you know, we have as educators in the school division. So that's the first thing, never suffer in silence. These are tough times. People are dealing with trauma and grief and there are um, systems of support that are available. So, you know, reach out uh, for students. There's a trusted adult in the building. If you just say something to a trusted adult, they can work the channels and, and find and connect the right resources to support students in the same way for um, staff, you know, um, trusting in a, a staff member, an administrator, or even our counseling um, office here in the school division. Just know that there are people that you can connect to to support you through any challenging time and that we're all in it together. The second thing that I would say is that although it doesn't feel like this will pass, <laughs> it will. It will. And we are, um, you know, I, I shared a quote with, um, I had an opportunity to meet with the Virginia um, Student Council region representatives this Saturday over at Battlefield. And one of the quotes that I shared with them was um, a quote that talks about, you know, basically speaks to resiliency. The, the mighty oak grows in contrary winds and diamonds are made under pressure. And so we have to be resilient. And so resiliency is a, another piece of advice that I would give to our um, both our scholars as well as our staff that, you know, adverse times come and we have to be adaptive. But remember that we're stronger when we come out of it. Any challenge or um, adverse situation that we go through when we're going through it is really tough and we feel like I can't do this. But when we come out on the other side, we're stronger, we're wiser. 
Uh, we've been sharpened a little bit. It's kind of like that print, that pencil, right? You can't, a, a, a dull pencil doesn't do anything for you. Now, when you sharpen it, it's kind of painful, I would imagine if I was a pencil. But when I come out of that sharpener, I'm just so much better um, and add so much more value. And so resiliency is the other thing that I think um, I would share as advice knowing that we have the inner strength. Sometimes we just have to know it's there and tap into it. Um, but think about all we've been through thus far um, and, and that we've made it through. So we are resilient and anything worth having is worth fighting for. So keep pushing forward even when times are tough because we will get to the other side. So those are a couple of things that I would um, give as advice, um, knowing that you know we have to be resilient even if we fail at something, get back up. There's nothing wrong with failure. Again, failure makes us stronger and wiser. We get better every time. Um, and then not suffering in silence and, and making sure that um, you know, we're leaning on each other. And then the other thing I would say is advocacy. Um, we all have a responsibility um, to use our voice to advocate for ourselves and others. So you know, if you know that there's someone that also needs support, even if they're not saying they need it, like be an advocate for others as well as, as for yourself. And I think those are some of my um, key takeaways, not to talk about the things we already know about. I'm not gonna tell students, you know, do your work. They're already doing that. It's, it's, it goes beyond that and knowing that on top of, you know, getting your work done and giving your all, just knowing that you're resilient beings and that you have everything you need to make it through this tough time. I think that's exactly what everyone needs to hear, you know? Yeah, especially nowadays, you know, just coming into all the different things and hopefully again, you said getting through it almost there. Hopefully, you know, you always hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I think, you know, the fact that the fact that we have so many students in person, I mean, that's a huge, yeah. uh, that's a, that's, that's a huge, um, you know, challenge hurdle that we got over. Right. 100%. So having students in school and students are excited. Every school I've been to, the students have been excited to, to be present. Um, staff is excited to be present despite the challenges. So we've already got over one big hurdle. Um, so I think we've got some wins on the book. I, I completely agree with you. I want to thank you so much for taking the time today. I know I kind of kept you over a little bit. I apologize for that. Oh, I'll, it's okay. I wish we had more time. I'm enjoying talking to you and, um, and the students. It's not something I get to do often. So hopefully I'll be able to come back on another time. We would love to have you. We wanted to wish you a happy belated birthday, by the way. And thank uh, you. I hope it was a great day. Sorry, we didn't send anything. It was awesome. No, That's thank great. you so much. It was awesome. That's fantastic. And a happy holidays from over here at Brentsville Turf. We really appreciate you taking the time. And I want to, I would like to wish um, Brentsville Turf and, and the entire school community um, a happy holiday season as well. I hope you all enjoy and get some rest. I really want to shout out the program. I got an opportunity to come and visit and it is mind blowing. It's phenomenal. Um, not many, not many uh, schools in, in other districts are doing this work. You should be very proud um, of what you're doing, the opportunities that you're offering for students and setting them up for careers. Um, that they probably didn't even know existed and careers that are in demand. So I just want to commend you um, and your entire team and all of the students that are a part of the program. I believe in the program. I support the program and I, I would love to see it continue to grow. So just so you know that Brentsville has my full support. Thank you so much. That means the world to us. We really can't thank you enough.
All right. Well, enjoy the holiday. Oh, and just a quick uh, reminder, I am, we are going to release the draft strategic plan this Friday. Um, would love for the school community to take a look at it and any feedback that you have as we work to finalize that. Uh, we want public comment. We want your feedback. Absolutely. We'll definitely look at it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to spend this time with you. Of course. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.